boxer, gangster, dancing comedian. He had to pick one. Hi, and welcome to Meet Your Heroes. I'm Audrey. And I'm Elliot. And this is the podcast where we get to know the lesser-known bits of the lives, or from the lives, of some of history's most notable people. Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, did that little little snag right there where I um, didn't know what to say? That's because I'm nervous. You're and, nervous. Yeah, and I, I was just thinking about how I would be like a terrible morning show host because I could literally edit out any part of this from all the way to <laughs> yes. the beginning. I could mix and match our words so it sounded like anything I said or yeah. anything I would want to say. Yeah. But off the cuff... I'm nervous. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just... not even like presenting this week. Maybe no. that's why, because I have nothing prepared. Oh, there's no control. Yeah. If Are you your... nervous? No. Okay. Well, maybe you should be. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> you have the important Damn. part of this podcast this week. Yeah, that's true. That's I'm, true. I'm basically just like a laugh track of reactions. Mm. Just like, oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> it, it's like what I do day to day while being quarantined with our kid and they're just like rah, 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 talking all day it's a good impression yeah they're basically the snoopy teacher yes and i'm just responding wow. with like oh wow that's so interesting i wonder why tell me more that's so good mm-hmm. so i'm ready to do that okay then then we're all set we're ready to go and i also don't know anything about this week's subject like yes. nothing like okay. you just had to show me a picture of his face yeah because it wasn't ringing any bells so i take it he's not your hero currently then he was not i, I mean i was telling you i get him confused with dick clark and they're not even like remotely the <laughs> not same person even close. no okay this week's hero mm-hmm. one mr bob hope know about him heard of him okay know nothing of his life okay so as a millennial mm-hmm. i know bob hope through having to watch old movies as a kid. If you weren't in a house that you didn't have to watch old movies, maybe you're less familiar. I was not. I, I didn't have to watch old movies, and I also didn't watch a lot of movies. Like, that's something that's unique to in our relationship to you. You like movies. You oh, enjoy yes. movies. You Very enjoy much. television. I like solitude and puzzles, <laughs> books, animals. I like to wander around the woods with a dog. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, Bob Hope never really entered the zeitgeist, zeitgeist of my childhood. Okay, didn't factor in. Got mm-hmm. it. All right. Well, what I can tell you is Bob Hope, for one, is the origin of what we consider stand-up comedy today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Bob Hope Big originated deal. this, uh, was one of the first people to ever do it, an incredible A-list star over decades in basically every medium he touched. So he started off Mm. live performances and plays and then went to movies and radio and basically was like A-list in every single regard for decades. He also, um, Michael Scott on The Office occasionally mentions Bob Hope as being like one of his heroes. Yeah, so that's But again, that's like where it fits into my life. Yeah, and that's not going to be a bad comparison in a lot of ways uh also 
So, but one thing that's that's in really stark contrast is that for all for inventing stand-up comedy and being this radio live and movie star, very little cultural re- relevance today. Like you, mm. you don't really know who he is. Most mm-hmm. most people probably don't. So the fact that he had these contributions and then was like very quickly like erased from the cultural memory is also not an accident. Oh, that means it's good. Yeah. This episode's good. And it means he's bad as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. For sure. For sure. Okay. If cleanup crew can't polish you, they erase you. Yeah. So so th- what we're, what we're going to look at is like a very contemporary hero slash antihero that like could have been a much bigger force had he had somebody there to clean up all of his flaws and cool. really just kind of did not. I mean, to be fair, you and I could also be much bigger cultural forces if someone was here to clean up our messes all the time also. We are taking volunteers, actually. <laughs> so please write us. All right. So Bob Hope, uh, born 1903. Okay. Which makes him... You didn't say birth date. No, no, because it just makes him somebody born in the 20th century. That's all it does. <laughs> just like a normal person. I just want you to know there is a there is a solid, and I mean solid, contingency <laughs> of our followers who do not like you for this bit. Okay, well, guess what? <laughs> Gonna have to wait till next week to get it. Yeah. Okay. Born Leslie Towns Hope. Okay. Not yeah. not even close to Bob. Not even close to Bob. Uh, he's born in uh, in Etham in South London. So he's actually mm. born in the UK. Moves around a bit, uh, but at four moves over to the U.S. Interesting. So his father is this neglectful alcoholic who was not there in his life. Wasn't, wasn't around much. There wasn't a lot of money either. He has issues from a young age. Leslie? Sure. Uh, That's is, so funny you mentioned that because my grandpa was born Lester and changed his name to Robert. And he was like my grandpa Bob. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Something about it. Bob, Not loving it. Bob was a good name. Back when there weren't that many Bobs, they were like, what's a good, unique name nobody's heard of? <laughs> oh, Bob. Bob. I like that. Yeah. Got a nice ring to it. Again, before he was Bob, while he's Leslie, mm-hmm. as a kid, he sleepwalks. It's so bad, he sleepwalks through like the city streets. His his mom had to tie his feet to his older brother every night so he doesn't like walk out the house, get hit by a, a truck or something. That's um, ingenuity. Wow. Yeah. That's it, not where I would go to start. But that's that's a real wow. that's a real solid like nineteen ten solution to a problem. Did they try locking their doors? Because a lot of folks in the early twentieth century were not. Look, twentieth century problems that. require twentieth century solutions. <laughs> Tie your kids' legs together with a rope. <laughs> Even as he's having these issues, he starts to, as like a young adolescent, find his niche as an entertainer. So even before his teenage years, he's entering dancing and like talent competitions. He wins a few. He Love gets it. some attention. He's also uh, arrested for shoplifting. Didn't have a lot of money. Branded a delinquent, right? So then he goes to reform school. He he breaks out of reform school mm. then mm. and uh, breaks his probation. Gets sent sentenced to another year at reform school. Didn't didn't mention any of this in his like memoirs later. Have they tried tying his legs to another? kid at reform no, school. No, see, that sounds like a really good... Again, they were behind the times. They were, yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe if they'd just done that, he wouldn't have He wouldn't have left, wouldn't have broken out. Yes. They were. They did not think of that brilliant solution. Mm. So he ends up dropping out of school totally at 15. Uh, at 16, he tries He tries being a boxer for a couple... Like, he only ever does, like, three or four matches. Ooh. But, um... I mean, I feel like it really only takes one before you know. Yeah, this is not well, for me. So he won the first three. He, he lost number four... 
And then he was like, no thanks. <laughs> that was, when you lose your first one, that's how sure. you know. That's yep. how you know. So we're like 1920 at this point, right? Okay. He's kind of got a checkered history, doesn't really have a whole lot of skills. He's no. also a kid. Like, yeah. kids do, you know. Dumb things all the time. Checkered things all yes. the time. Yes, didn't have to have his life together. Uh, but also didn't see a lot of, uh, didn't see an illustrious path forward for himself. Got it. At 19, he gets stabbed in a fight. What? He's a blood transfusion. It's a gang fight, apparently. Whoa. Um, yeah, he's like trying to like make it on the mean streets of, you know, any town USA. By 1925, he okay. thinks he's figured it out. He's decided he's not going to be a boxer. He's not going to be a gangster. He is going to be a dancer. And actually, not just a dancer. He's going to be a dancing comedian. And Were so- those the only options? <laughs> well, just like no, boxer, no. gangster, dancing comedian. He had to pick one? I mean, no, he picked two. Oh, okay. He picked In fact, dancing and comedian. No, well, he actually did pick one, but okay. he chose dance median, <laughs> which was the name of his act. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> dance median. Actually, he and his friend together were the dance medians. That's worse. Yeah. He convinced someone else to do that with him. <laughs> so the act, the dance medians, they were dancing partners on vaudeville, in vaudeville for... Uh, Daisy and Violet Hilton, who were a pair of Siamese twins, who had a very popular traveling show. Okay. And him and his partner, George Byrne, would be the dancing partners for these sisters. Got it. And then eventually they were like, you know, it'd be funny. So they then they did an act where they pretended to be Siamese twins. Ooh, no. And then they did a blackface act. Whoa. And this is like hit of vaudeville, right? Okay. And he's loving it. But this is like the tail end of vaudeville. I mean, yeah, he's not this early. Is like, he's like the dying breaths of vaudeville. Yes. We're talking about like 1930s. Yes. We're like well past the like acceptable blackface vaudeville age. I mean, we're 1925 to 1930. So yeah, right in Oof. that tail end. Um, so, so... Don't love that. But he loves being an entertainer. It it beats getting... I mean, we all do, but we, we most <laughs> of us don't do that. No, most of us don't do blackface. That's true. A lot of us start, like, middling podcasts in our closet. <laughs> that's Come also on, a Bob, good give it the times. Yes. Not seeing this possibility in front of him, besides compared <laughs> to being uh, stabbed and mm-hmm. losing boxing matches, this is better. Gains some popularity, gets noticed by some people in the industry, uh, and rides this to success for a while. By 1934, he has met his uh, soon-to-be wife, Dolores. They get married. Okay. They will stay married for the next 69 years. Wow. Yes. Faithfully? No, not at all. See, I just like, at this point, the punchlines write themselves. Write themselves, right? They are going to grow to loathe each other. Mm. He will beg her for divorce and she will decline out of spite. And withhold it from him. Man, I can't wait to be 70 years into our marriage and still be that (laughs) petty. Just the pettiest bullshit you could imagine as a 90-year-old. Yes. No. Uh, Goodbye. Okay, so at their 50th wedding anniversary, (laughs) uh, when they were like 50 years into this bullshit as opposed to 70 years into this bullshit, Mm. he he made a joke at one of the parties or the roasts where he was like, um, when somebody asked, what's the secret to their union? He said, uh, I've only been home for three weeks in the last 50 years. No. Uh, which was kind of true, though. What? He was a terrible father. They had four kids, adopted them all, none biological. Try, okay. I was about to say, I'm trying to do the math. Three weeks in 50 years doesn't quite <laughs> yeah. equal four kids. No, but maybe three kids if you time it one's right. a twin? Basically, yeah. He was just never around. Totally wow. absent father. 
totally absent husband, has like decades long affairs with other people, dozens and dozens of yeah. other partners. Uh, at some point, basically, she r- recognizes this and kind of gives up. But it's one of the reasons why she refuse, begrudgingly refuses him this divorce, ultimately, is because, sure. like, her only power still is, like, keeping half of his shit. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, yeah, no. Do what you got to do. If, like, there, if there's, like, a established power dynamic in the relationship and you suddenly have four kids and he's the breadwinner, but he's also sleeping around. Yeah, your leverage is that... Legally, you own half his shit. And guess what? (laughs) He can't do anything about that right now. Yeah. After he's married a few years later, gets one of his big breaks. Um, He auditions for some film roles, gets turned down originally, auditions again, does a movie that's so bad. uh, He jokes that when they finally catch uh, Robert Dillinger, the big gangster, Mm -hmm. the punishment would be make him watch this first movie (laughs) twice. But it's, um, it's bad. Eventually, though, he does make this movie, uh, which will go on to be the beginning of his incredible success, called The Road to Singapore. Okay. And it is him and Bing Crosby, Mm. who's another big name at this time. Mm -hmm. And they do... It's like a singing, dancing, gag movie. They break the fourth wall a lot. It's a parody Mm. of other films. It's like not super serious, but it's like fun popcorn fare for people. They will end up doing seven of these movies and wow. manage to make all of them incredibly racist. Uh, so it's Road to Singapore, Road to Zanzibar, Road to Morocco, Road to Bali, Road to Hong Kong. Uh, it's just like caricatures of people in other places besides America. Uh, like the Africans are cannibals. No. Yeah. Like it's just like jokes at the uh, are the how exotic it is to like have these like totally, you know, uh, unintelligible people from these other lands. Um, people love it, right? Like, 1930s America, they're like, yeah, it's it's my jam. He ends up making like $20 million, which what? in today's money is like $400 million, basically. No. Like almost half a billion dollars from these movies. From these what? Makes them over 20 years. But so, still, so, so like, a million dollars a year to be racist? What the fuck? Yeah, like a movie every couple years, four 20 years, and just, <sighs> and just like rolls in the success that feels um, so bad yeah yeah so he he see, has a success as part of this in this same period after the first couple we're in world war ii he ends up going over to europe in the middle of world war ii kind of he gets over there at a time when like there's been all this bombing mm-hmm. and he shows up like kind of in the thick of the action troops really respect it he feels good about it so he continues to do a lot of uso shows okay oh so he's career. going over to perform yes he's going over he's to perform he's not just going over he's for not some enlisted. other reason yeah because at this point he's like almost 40 or right. sorry he is 40 in 1943 so he's 40 years old mm-hmm. he's not drafted but he's like doing shows for troops in world war ii okay they're eating it up he's they're like you're the guy from the racist movies he's like yeah yeah his jokes by the way his jokes are all bad he so one of the striking things about him is that he dances and does like these like bits like the like, whole slapstick but part but part like he he doesn't do funny jokes and so like a lot of his jokes are like about how he's angry at his writers for writing jokes that are so unfunny it's just it's this weird aside like it's hard to ever I, in hours of research I could not find one genuinely funny thing that Bob Hope said Except for the times when he was like talking about how unfunny the last thing he said was. <laughs> so like when he was like, they, they're going to watch make Dillinger watch my movies twice as the punishment. Right. Like, okay, fun, okay, that's, that's kind of self-deprecating. And that's kind of his style. Okay. But like 
he doesn't have a lot of other good material besides him talking about how shitty he is as a comic. And that's kind of the only thing he has going for him. Earlier today, mm-hmm. I laughed until I wept at something some nobody on Twitter said. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Like weeping. Just come on. It, yeah. it does your job. Like really. What? There are genuinely funny people who are comics around this time too. But yeah, he is not, he is not particularly funny. He's kind mm. of like... The Jeff Dunham of his day, right? Okay. Like that's the 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 puppet puppets. guy. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of the things that the racist puppets say are just kind of like they just say them, and people like people cheer just for want it. somebody to like on a stage say like this opinion is okay. Yeah, and then people go for it. This uh, is his thing, especially with the troops. Troops uh, love this. Sure. Um, so he continues to go over and like do USO shows for the rest of his life. Uh, well, for for decades. Like Miss Maisel. Uh, yes. 1949, he's 46, he gets a radio show. Um, This is kind of where his real stand-up, as we know, stand-up originates. He's already been incredibly popular in the movies. He gets a stand-up show, and every week he does, like, topical humor that people write for him. And he does humor about his own humor, right? And, like, this is is the first time—it's kind of a new concept. First time people do this, this is also, like, incredibly successful. He keeps making these road films and doing his radio show, and he has, like, all of these affairs with mostly, like, B-list Hollywood starlets, right? Is it, like, known? Is everybody kind of like, oh, oh they're yeah. like... Uh-huh. In Hollywood, they call one of them Mrs. Bob Hope because oh. he's with her for so long. Yikes. That, like, yeah, he doesn't take his wife to anything. He just takes his mistresses. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's not even a secret. It's just, like, him flaunting this. Wow. Um, he sounds sloppy. Yeah, he's super sloppy. So, at this point, we're going to take a quick detour... Love detours. Into the world of conspiracies. I love conspiracy detours even more than regular detours. So this is a moment just there are a lot of harmful conspiracies out there in this particular moment in history. Like today, 2020. Oh, yes. Oh, most conspiracies in 2020 are terrible. Well, but here's the thing. Dangerous. The most popular conspiracies are dangerous and terrible. There are also real conspiracies. Like, for example... Let's take Jeffrey Epstein, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, right? Mm-hmm. These people ran a pedophile ring. Yes. There happens to be millions and millions of people we found because of this report that was leaked about Facebook today. Millions mm-hmm. and millions of people belong to QAnon groups and all this stuff that are like super angry about pedophile rings. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not, they don't actually have any information about the real people that were like involved in this. They're not like, right? Yeah, they just like doctor lists and put like, Chrissy Teigen's name on it. Yeah, right. So like they're they're angry about like all of this crazy shit that's like around it and like potentially very good at distracting people from whatever like the real information is. Sure. Who knows, right? But like there's there's real bad things that go on and then there's mm-hmm. ways that, that get interpreted in popular culture. Yeah, it often gets like backward and engineered. Like that's the thing about QAnon, right? We don't have to go on too far of an aside, but like in retrospect or hindsight, connecting things that are otherwise like not connected and Mm -hmm. then like proselytizing it as if it were the actual order of events or the way things happen by the way if we have any QAnon believers in in the listening audience because statistically goodbye no no, i just want to say (laughs) the best thing i ever read was this is twitter thread of the last 250 times that q has made a very specific prediction and just been totally completely wrong like if, if, if you think q was actually part of this just go read all the things that are just like q has said like this is the day this thing will happen it will happen by this and nothing happens over and over and over again for for now the last five years sure right so anyway it's like the rapture for Facebook. Okay. Well, now you're going to get the rapture people pissed at us, too, but that's fine. Um, yes. <laughs> the reasonable list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, 
Let's talk for a second in Bob Hope's days mm-hmm. about what we know was actually going on with the government at this time. Okay. The government starting in 1953, sorry, not the government, the CIA had a program called MKUltra. Yes. MKUltra was explicitly illegal. It was it was violating all kinds of things, including the treaties we signed as part of the end of World War II when we agreed to not do experiments like the Nazis did on mm-hmm. unsuspecting people without permission. Guess what? The CIA did experiments on unsuspecting people without permission like the Nazis did. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it gave people LSD. It gave people sure on... Did. Uh, military bases. It gave it set up brothels to lure men who to give them LSD without their consent and set up two way mirrors because it knew those people wouldn't report it because they were ashamed. Uh, it gave mm. LSD to sex workers. LSD was a big part of this, but it was mostly around mind control. Yeah. Right. So the CIA was running these programs because it thought that essentially the the Soviet Union and the Chinese and the North Koreans were using mind control, and mm. so they thought. Mind control was used on U.S. prisoners during the Korean War. Mm. And it was like, we have to figure out the mind control techniques. And so it did all this illegal shit based on trying to come up with what are the mind control techniques that we think are being used against our soldiers. Wow. And it did it on, it did it on U.S. citizens. A lot of the documents about this program were ultimately burned. It lasted for like 20 years till the 70s, so like 50s to 70s. Um, we only know that this was real because the church committee in Congress, which was headed by, I think, Senator Church or Representative Church. I don't know. Anyway, he headed the committee that like unearthed a lot of this stuff. What we know, back in the day, there was this going on. There are allegations that Bob Hope is involved in this Whoa. and is involved in the sexual exploitation of women uh, as part of this program. Yikes. There, so there are sexual abuse allegations. A lot of them read like QAnon stuff from 20, 30 years ago. Some of them get like pretty outlandish. Wait, QAnon was around 30 years ago? No. Or you're just saying like, if it were around 30 years ago, it would sound like this. Yes. So there's, there are some like, there's some moments when you read these allegations against Bob Hope and you're like, this sounds like very crazy out there. Like, mm. like JFK and Bob Hope teaming up with sex slaves kind of thing. Wow. Yeah, that it feels like it goes off a cliff some, right? Sure. But the reason it still exists, the reason those like crazy theories are out there is because there was real government malfeasance with people that we know are actually like close friends and associates of Bob Hope mm. being involved in this kind of like crazy illegal experimentation on US citizens involved in the sex trade. There are no proven allegations, but there are definitely allegations out there against him as being part of this. What we also know is, like, his philandering... Was independent of yeah, that. He would have done it on exactly. his own. Knew very few <laughs> bounds already, right? Uh, there's, like, yeah. there's substantiated allegations of him, like, having orgies and everything, right? So the question is, like... Cool. Do what you gotta do. Yeah, but then the question is, like, oh, if somebody says, like, this was coerced all of a sudden, like, it's not a, it's not a far stretch. This is the part where, like, he's just, like, enjoying his success and fame and also potentially getting into sh- much shadier shit or at least, like, getting much more reckless. Okay. That's what we can take away. Got and it. he's schmoozing with people like he's friends with every president from like Truman on, Truman, Eisenhower, Nixon, Kennedy. He's he's uh, president. He, he's friends with all these presidents. He start keeps doing his USO stuff. He's maybe mixed up in these government programs. And then he starts to travel to Vietnam to do these shows as well. So he did mm. them for Korea and then he starts doing them for Vietnam. And then he's like going to Vietnam and he's like hanging around with the generals because he's got the A-list VIP treatment. And so he is there and he would get cheers and he'd talk to the generals. And then 
he would hear from them like, you know, we can't win this thing because like the politicians are tying your hands. And he started to like believe this. And so eventually he like goes from like being in support of the troops to like, we have to like decimate the population to like win the Vietnam War. What? And he becomes like like white hard- Vietnam off the country. He becomes like hardcore, hard, hardcore, like the, the wimpy politicians aren't letting the generals win the fight. And like, uh. we just got to like decimate the population style. And so he, he takes a hard turn around like 1965, 1966, when he's like 60. 60 years old or so. From this point on, he just goes, like, off the ledge. Full genocide. Yeah, as much as you could defensibly, and as much as you could defensibly argue for, he is, like, pro-Vietnam War to an extreme degree. After his years of pro-war efforts and public arguments... On his radio show, just, like, just, like... Constantly shooting from the hip, saying it. He's he's doing TV specials at this point. He's not hiding it. Yeah, the radio has like died down, but his his TV he does TV specials from Vietnam frequently. See, I think of him as like a TV host of like family friendly programming. Oh yeah, no. For some reason, in my mind, this is like like I said, I conflate him with Dick Clark, Mm -hmm. like the New Year special, Bob Hope special. That's like family friendly, but that's not. That's not him? I mean, so he was, he, for example, starting in the 60s, did things like the Bob Hope Vietnam Christmas special, right? Well, that's a lot of words together I wouldn't expect. Yeah. So, like, it's, like, family friendly in one sense, but he's okay. also, like, super creepy in it to the women. Like, that What's are, like, with What's a Vietnam him. Christmas special? So what he's doing fuck? a Christmas special in Vietnam for the troops that he's broadcasting back to the U.S. Yeah. as part of this, like, support for the troops going to win the war and, like, rally the American people behind us. So one of the first reasons why he's not, like, cited by any major comics as, like, an influence, why he's, like, disregarded is because he's kind of a shithead at this time, right? He he is is the system, right? Like, he is the man that you're fighting against. And, like, as soon Mm. as he makes it, basically all of the comics are, like, part of the counterculture that are just like, no, but why are we fighting this war? This is the... Right, like pointless war. What are we there for? Yeah, and he's like, support the troops, kill the pe- kill the Vietnamese people. Right, like, wow. He, he's just like very pro war in a way that, as even as the American populace like starts to like wise up to the fact that this is like not a fight worth fighting, mm-hmm. uh, and not having worth having people die for. He's mm-hmm. just like still like gung ho about it. Separately from that, he just like gets comfortable, decides like he is going to wage a culture war more broadly. So. 1970, um, he is the host of the Miss World competition. Can't see this going well. Oh, it goes worse than you could imagine. Um, Did so, you watch like footage of it? Yes. Uh, okay, so uh, I so I didn't realize, but there was a group of feminist protesters outside of these were like burning Playboys, losing their shit about it. Yeah, and they were protesting this, right? Mm-hmm. And he thought it was hilarious. Oh, he also didn't know. That a couple dozen of them had dressed up in very nice clothes and infiltrated, bought tickets, and were in the audience. And their plan was they had like flower bombs, so like just like yeah, yeah. flour wrapped in paper mm-hmm. and like some flour, rotten, baking flour. Let's ba- be clear, like, yeah, yes. baking flour wrapped in paper and some some rotten fruit mm-hmm. and, and some smoke bombs. And they had planned to wait until all of the contestants came out. And they were like, we don't have any qualms with the women, but like we resent like the fact that this is like a contest judged on beauty and like swimsuits and not like the substance of who these women are. Like this is offensive. So Bob Hope comes out and delivers his opening monologue. And the signal was like one of the women had like a noisemaker. She was going to spin right when they were going to all launch it. So he comes out and, do, and does this um, 
this monologue, and he opens with, uh, "It's quite a, it's quite a cattle market here tonight." Oh, uh, what? And I've been, and I've been back there checking out calves. No. And the women are like, "What, what? the fuck?" <laughs> you can't even make yeah. it fifteen seconds before you're ready to throw a stink no, bomb. He follows this line back up with, "Like, I don't want you to think I'm a dirty old man because I've never given a woman a second thought. My first thought generally covers everything." No! And these women in the audience are like, fuck this dude. And so, like, immediately the woman, <laughs> they planned to wait till the very end to do this. And the woman who was in charge of the sound maker was just like, fuck it. And she just, like, sets it off. And right at the beginning, after this monologue, they just unload and they, like, throw everything at him. He's freaked the fuck out. Like, yes. they storm the stage. Yes. They disrupt the whole thing. Okay. Uh, I'm it here turns for this out part. this year, 2020, they made a film about this that just got released in the in the UK called Misbehavior. Yes. Um, oh, that is such a good roller derby name. Misbehavior. Misbehavior. Oh, <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. The protest becomes early. Instead of being like a protest in response to like the event in general, it becomes specific to like Him. what an asshole he is and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and his jokes. He he then goes on and like so they they clean this event up. It goes on. It finishes. Is it live? Um, I I think it was taped, but there's okay. film of it, so it might have actually been live. I'm not I'm not okay. exactly sure about whether sure. it was a live TV. They just like or not. go pick up the the tape down X's and move them like six feet in, into the yeah. stage so you can avoid the like flower bomb mess. It, it might have been live because I don't know if we would have public film of it if it was taped. I don't know. I don't know. It might have been live. All that to say, even though this particular set, like, it shows, like, his, he is just, like, staked against the counterculture, which means, like, he is against anything he considers women's liberation or women's rights. He has a lot of super homophobic comedy that he starts doing right around this time in the 60s and 70s. He has this bit where he's like, you know, there's the new movement for women's liberation, uh, demanding the rights of women, and now... Uh, they demand the rights of gay liberation. Yeah, so he uses all kinds of slurs and, um, like, his jokes aren't funny, right? He's like, they did this big parade in New York. I'm sh- I know where it was. I think it was over in Queens. Uh, they tried to take over the Alpine County out here in North California, and they had a sheriff there, and he looked real good in his boots and chaps. It's not even clever. It's not even clever, but, like, he's like, fuck you women, fuck you gays, like... Here's the real question I have at this moment in time, after this specific day in particular. Mm-hmm. How do you think Bob Hope would have responded to the WAP video? <laughs> do you think he would have liked it? I feel like he would be very Ben Shapiro about this whole thing. I mean, this he's is... like, I, for one, prefer my <laughs> P words dry. I, you know, it's a good question. So for those of you not familiar... There was a WAP video put out by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, mm-hmm. and Ben Shapiro has just released his reaction video, mm-hmm. which is... Um, of great concern yeah, for the fact that concerned. these women experience arousal. Yeah, I mean, like, it's so weird. We have, like, turned this corner where, like, there's this reactionary conservatism now that's so anti-feminist that, like, it's willing to condemn these things, and Bob Hope was just so blinded by misogyny. The disconcerting disconcerting thing for him would have just been the fact that, like, a woman made that video. Yeah. Like, he would have enjoyed it until he found out a woman made it, and then he'd have been like, well, that's not allowed. Well, I right? mean, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what's happening, right? Yes. Like, I'm thinking about, you know, the fact that 
God, over 10 years ago, Lil Wayne put out a song called Pussy Monster. And nobody (laughs) had shit to say about it Nobody had anything to say, yes. (laughs) Like, um, no, I think that's a thing where, but it's also just hysterical to me because the response to this where it's like, is this what feminism has become? Women say they enjoy sex. It's like, so what I'm hearing is you've never been with a woman (laughs) who enjoys sex? (laughs) Okay, Bob Hope, that's cool. Yes. Wow. So he would not have been a fan. He would not have been a fan. Okay. And, and frankly, like these kind of moments, right, where he's just like on the record for after uh, this racist history of his films and just consistently being on the wrong side of every social cause. He's like pro Vietnam War against women's rights, against yes. gay rights. Like he is basically just shunned from the Hollywood and cultural wow. relevance. So like all of these next generation comics who come up like are like. Yeah, fuck that dude. Some people who do cite Bob Hope as uh, an influence, uh, Woody Allen, says he's, he's a big fan of Bob Hope. That um, tracks. Yeah. But, like, for the most part, most comics coming up are like, no. Yeah, he was, like, the fucking power broker who just, like, was on the wrong side of everything. And so, wow. despite this meteoric rise, he ha- basically had no defenders. So, for the next, like, 30 years, he, like, lives on his ranch in obscurity and Doesn't he like buy up a ton of property? Yeah. So also, he like pushes out communities of color, or like when the land is like illegally seized, he then like buys it up. So I looked into these uh, stories, and it seems like there are details out there where he is like looking to acquire this property. is is very opportunistic about it. Mm. Uh, I couldn't find a ton of details, but um, definitely has no concern for. Anybody except, like, building this empire around him towards the end of his life. Wow. 30 years later, ripe old age of 100, dies on his ranch. He lives to be 100? 100 years old. He died in our lifetime? Yeah, 2003. Well, yes, I can do that. That's fast math. I can do that math. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, so Bob Hope, once meteoric rise to fame, ends up retiring in infamy, irrelevant, disregarded, um, for generally just being like a terrible person in all the ways that matter as a father as a husband mm-hmm. as a cultural figure basically okay. just not a hero yeah in my mind he's so totally whitewashed as being this like innocuous like comedian from the early 20th century but it's that's not true at all no reagan ended up giving him like a big medal well i mean of course he did. <laughs> come yes. on yeah. yeah that's two heads of the same coin yeah. Is that the saying? No, not at all. What's the saying where you're saying like... Birds two- of a feather? Sure. Two right. bees in the same pod? Yeah. I mean, yeah. folks at this point get the, get what I'm trying to say. They yes. just know that I'm not quite that articulate. Two bananas in a bunch. That works too. Um, yeah, definitely not my hero. But if folks have... If QAnon has a reaction to this <laughs> yeah, that they please. want to let us know about... Yeah. Uh, conspiracies about us here. We'll put all of our dirty laundry yeah. out on the table you now. You can reach us at yourheroespod.cia yeah. slash fbi.gov. Yeah, the worst things about us. Uh, I'm very irritable. What about you? Worst things about you? Um, <laughs> I'm sometimes too thoughtful. I'm too caring. Too caring. You care too much. You I work too, too hard. I work too hard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, that's the secret. All my, all my weaknesses are my strengths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but in all seriousness, folks can follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Your Heroes Pod or email us at Your Heroes Podcast at gmail.com. 
Yeah, thanks for the kind reviews. Please yeah. reach out, talk to us, give us give us a hero. If you have mm-hmm. a hero you would like to hear, please let us know. We have some big ones on our list, but we are also kind of scrounging for more like a diverse group of folks that are not just dirty politicians. Yeah. So let us know. What do you want? We like to give the people what they want. Like to give the people what they want. Until next week. Don't be a hero. Do not be a hero. Bye. Bye.